Hello everyone and welcome back to the Two Point Podcast where our conversion rate is always 100%. I'm Craig and I'm joined by Nate. How are we doing today guys? And we're going to be talking some divisional round recap playoff football. So we're going to be going through the four games that happened, talking about what happened in them and kind of how it compared to what we thought might happen. The first game we have is the Green Bay Packers and the Los Angeles Rams. The Packers ended up winning 32-18. to This game is a little bit closer than the score actually says. I said I disagree. We're going. <laughs> uh, the Rams pretty much had a chance for a while there, but... They did. Jared Goff was actually pretty good in this game. However, his offensive line created them a lot the week before. They were not as good this week. You know, they have four sacks. Not quite as dominant in the run game that they were the week before. Something that was kind of interesting on the Rams side is they used a lot of three wide receiver sets. And I thought they'd be using more two tight end sets because that's how they kind of do most of the time. And, you know, trying to get that run game going against that Packers defense. But for whatever reason, they decided that was not the way to do it. That Rams defense, though, it was rough. You know, you're supposed to be the best defense in the league. And you couldn't stop the run to save your life. There's a lot of instances where they had a lack of effort, too. You know, Jalen Ramsey was kind of dogging it on some plays. Honestly, besides Michael Brockers and John Johnson, I can't say anybody on that defense really gave their full effort. On the Packers' side, you know, like I said, that run game it was really good. They got all three guys involved as well. Aaron Jones obviously had the longer run of the day. They were able to get a few deep shots in here. Obviously, they connected on the one to Alan Lazard deep for the touchdown. Uh, their defense was able to get pressure on Jared Goff and make a couple stops when they needed to do so. And then just a couple other notable things from this game, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he's been kind of, you know, that number two, number three wide receiver for the Packers throughout the year. He kind of got benched later in the game in favor of Aquinas St. Brown. MVS played on 48% of snaps. St. Brown was 43% of snaps. And then on the Rams side, Aaron Donald, arguably one of the best defensive players in the league, you know, he had that rib injury coming into this. They said he wasn't going to be limited, but he obviously was. He only played on 53% of snaps, so that was a big deal for their defense. Yeah, and you could definitely see that it was missing, like you said earlier. You know, they only had they had zero sacks against Aaron Rodgers and only had the one quarterback hit, which was more or less him just touching him like literally a second and a half after he passed the ball. So the Rams' defense, I think, ended up losing in this game because, like you said, Jared Goff actually had a really good game yesterday. I mean, his stats on paper don't look like it, but whenever that offense was actually out on the field, they did a really good job being efficient for the most part, just drive stalled. And there wasn't that many drives in this game. It was more of like a time of possession orientated kind of chess match for the most part. Obviously, both of these uh, head coaches coming from the exact same coaching branch, so kind of is what it was. But, I mean, the Rams only had the ball technically for less than 24 minutes as opposed to Aaron Rodgers having it for 37. But with Aaron Donald gone in that defensive line, it was obviously noticeable and obviously expelled not only Williams and Jones' game, but even Dylan had some touches early before he ended up leaving. But I felt like this was a perfect game to showcase what Green Bay has kind of been wanting to do all year. Kind of just maintain time of possession, kind of force you to go one-sided, be efficient in the run game, play solid defense. Like you said, they even had they had four sacks themselves. So, I mean, overall, this was just a really good showing for Green Bay. They kind of showed whether they were the number one seed. And you and I were really kind of focusing on that run game and seeing how they were going to work. But it was really good just to see the pass game as well. Devontae Adams only had nine catches. Uh, Tanyan, we thought, might have a really good game. He only had four, but Rodgers did, did, did what Rodgers does, you know. I'll say this. It wasn't a very good Aaron Rodgers game. Like, his numbers look better on paper than he actually played. 
Like you had the one long deep touchdown that obviously inflates it. You know, there's a couple uh, miscommunications, missed passes, and stuff like that too as well. You got that big pump fake for the run touchdown that everybody's gonna blow up now, but I don't know what Leonard Floyd was doing there, but I don't know either. But yeah, old man running was kind of funny for that rushing touchdown that they had. But no, I agree with you. I think I counted a total of four passes that were like he looked at them and was like my bad. And they were misses. Like, I think he had a couple opportunities, too, with, like, the interception potentials in the end zone. There was two of them literally back-to-back that could have ended drives and ended really poorly for the first half there. So I agree with you. This was a really bad showing by Aaron Rodgers. But with Aaron Rodgers, especially with the longevity of his career, I think he's the type of quarterback that needs to kind of get into rhythm. And he's just going to be productive for you now. He's not going to be like that home run hitter like he used to be. And so being able to lean on that run game obviously helps. So. I'm actually really impressed how the offensive line has been playing since Bakhtiari's been out. I still think Bakhtiari was kind of worth the contract, maybe not as much as he got, but maybe a little less. But, I mean, hats off to that offensive line. You know, keeping your quarterback, you know, essentially his jersey clean all day and leaning on that run game and allowing them to be productive. I mean, that offensive line in in the trenches, like we thought, was where the game was going to come down to. So, uh, hats off to them. I mean, when the Rams did get a little bit of pressure on them, it usually was – coming off against that left tackle side too so my favorite play of the game was early on in that game where i sent you that message rick wagner's just sitting there like at right tackle and he's like in his stance and he's like looking around he's like there's nobody to block nobody to block (laughs) it's true he was just like what's going on meanwhile there's like literally a player and a half behind him essentially and rogers was already bootlegging to the right on it so yeah i do it it was pretty funny it's like they blitz the other side and then drop the guy he was supposed to block in coverage he's like where'd my guy go it's true. I think if Aaron Donald would have been like 100%, I think it could have definitely played a, a much more efficient role in it. I felt like he was frustrated early. But overall, I felt like, like you said, the defense for the Rams just wasn't there. And I do agree with you. I think Ramsey was kind of half-assing it for the most part towards the end of the game there. I feel like once the game was kind of gone, it was gone. This Packers def- uh, offense, they're really efficient with just like trying to maintain time of possession, allowing their defense to get some rest hopefully moving the ball and just scoring at the end of it. Like, they're in the game for the long haul. But when they have an opportunity to take a deep shot, it can kind of be a dagger. And obviously you and I have had that conversation in the past where they're really efficient in the second quarter. When a shot presents itself, they can take it. They just – I feel like it's almost like playing cat and mouse in a way. But it's bit them in the butt a couple times this year. So, I don't know. It It was a fun game to watch. I had it for the game of the week, but I don't think it was the game of the week, but it was definitely a good one to watch as a Packer fan. Yeah, they were all pretty good this week overall, though, honestly. Next game we got was the Baltimore Ravens-Buffalo Bills. This was the lowest scoring game of the week. The Bills ended up winning 17-3. to This is kind of what I thought would happen, but I thought there'd be a little bit more points on the board. We knew it was going to be close, and I thought it was going to be a defensive showdown for myself. But I agree with you. I felt wasn't this the game going in that had the highest scoring margin going into the week? I think, uh, I think it no, was. Cleveland, it, Cleveland and uh, Kansas City did. Either way, it has the potential to be a really high scoring game for sure. Yeah. So if you bet Dunder, you made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, Lamar Jackson in this game, he was just eh. He's there. Like, he ran around a decent at times, but the Bills defense really did a good job of containing him. The Bills' defense did a great job of stopping the run overall. If you take out the couple of Tyler Huntley rushes, you know, they were four yards or less on average, which is, you know, about average with the league for the team that's arguably the best running team in the NFL. They got after Lamar. They gave him some pressure. He made some poor decisions. Obviously, there was the pick six for 101 yards. 
Shout out to Teron Johnson there, you know, Weber State alumni. Hats off to him because that was fantastic. It was such a momentum shifter in this game. Can you name the other famous person in sports that went to Weber State? Mm-mm. I believe you've heard of Damian Lillard. Oh, I have. Yeah. But I didn't know he went to Weber State, though. Yep. So that's the other one. There's probably somebody else that I don't know of, but that's the big one. <laughs> obviously a different sport, but still. Yeah. Then obviously in this game, you know, we saw Lamar Jackson get knocked out of the game as well. Tyler Huntley, he came in and he wasn't awful, especially for being a four-string quarterback, undrafted free agent rookie. You know, he wasn't too bad. Made some plays. Yeah, he did. Gave him hope. Also, uh, Justin Tucker had his two doinks, missed kicks in this game. Uh, Still wanted to help them win. Even if Lamar doesn't throw the pick six and they get those two field goals, they still end up losing. Josh Allen was pretty efficient once again. Their running game was pretty much ghosted once again. Like I said, they already had that pick six. Their defense played pretty well overall. And the big news was your boy Cole Beasley didn't have a single catch in this game. He didn't. Stephon Diggs and John Brown, they were the main beneficiaries today. They both had eight catches apiece. Honestly, I thought this game was going to be a defensive game, like I said. But, like, it was just a weird game to watch. Because, obviously, we both watched the game, and we were both looking at it. The Bills were, for the most part, in control of this game, even though the score didn't say it. But it was just, like, a weird game to watch, for the most part. Like, I felt like the Ravens were, like, a half a step behind constantly. Um, I felt like Allen just really couldn't get going without the support of the run game, but they did enough to get it going. I think, obviously, the dagger, and the like we spoke about earlier with the uh, – just the momentum shift with that pick six that went 101 yards. Like, if you look at the stats in this game and just look at just the stats, you would think that the Bills actually lost this game. I mean, the Ravens had, like, 19 first downs. They were really they were more efficient on third down. They were just, like, their yards for rush yards were better. Everything about it was just on paper was almost better than the Bills. But the Bills' offense did exactly what they needed to do to, to win this game. Even if you take away the pick six, which obviously you don't want to think of it that way, they still win this game. I mean, the Bills, the, the storyline for me in this is that Bills defense. They had three sacks, seven quarterback hits. Like, they were extremely efficient on defense and did what they've been doing. But to me, I think what the best part of this game, though, was um, you and I obviously talked about it, and, and anyone else that's listening that kind of pays attention to, to the NFL obviously knows about it. But after Lamar Jackson went out, the you know the Bills fan base obviously donated a crap ton of money to Lamar Jackson's favorite uh, charity, which was fantastic. But honestly, I think that's pretty much it for the storyline. I, I think this game was extremely uneventful and was probably my least favorite to watch this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the Bills honestly should have more points up on the board. They had a couple deep shots where this game was actually kind of windy, so the wind just kind of took the ball off on Josh Allen and, you know, got just past the wide receiver. So. And like you said, with, with even Tuck missing, missing those two kicks, you could see, you know, just how much wind was playing a factor in that. I found it to be rather intriguing that they maintained – you know, utilizing the arm of, of Allen instead of leaning onto Singletary. Obviously, Moss not being there as well. I thought that with the win being the way it was, they were going to uh, they were going to focus more on the run. But I mean, even time of possession, like the Ravens had more time time of possession in total. But I just thought it was very interesting, like how this game ended up as opposed to how it was actually playing out. Yep. And our next game was. The Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs ended up winning 22-17. to This game actually was closer than it probably should have been, but part of that was due to Patrick Mahomes leaving this game with a concussion. Obviously, we hope he comes back healthy and can play next week. Wasn't like 
a super scary play or anything, but when he got up, he was kind of dazed. And, you know, that linebacker for the Browns, though, you know, after Mahomes hit his head, he kind of twisted his neck on him and shit. So, uh, pardon my French, but, you know, that's kind of Bush League crap there. Yeah. Daryl Williams, he ran very well in this game. Who needs Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Chad Henney, you know, he came in. He was all right. He had the one interception where he kind of sailed the ball. But, you know, he had that great run on the long third down. Just kind of took off. Chad Henney's got wheels still, apparently. <laughs> Harrison Bucker, he missed two kicks in this game. He was actually outkicked by Mr. Double Doink. Uh, Bucker <laughs> missed a field goal and an extra point. That extra point he missed, God, that was like 10 feet to the left. Roughly, yeah. For Cleveland, you know, they got away from this from the running game pretty early in this game. They ran the ball pretty efficiently later on in the game, but it's just like they just got away from their baseline too much. They played a lot of three wide receiver sets in this game, which is something they typically don't do as well. And then Jedrick Wills, the rookie left tackle, he got hurt on the first play of the game too, so that definitely hurt them as well. Yeah, for me, honestly, I just – Hats off to that Chiefs uh, defense. After Mahomes came out, you could kind of see that this was an all-around team. Maybe I was a little harsh on this defense going out throughout the season. I wanted to kind of see them step up, obviously. I have uh, Tyron Matthew on my dynasty league. I I think really highly of them. I even have Snead as well. I think that this defense has had potential. Their stat line obviously doesn't really show it. They only had one sack and three QB hits, uh, and obviously that one interception by Matthew himself. But Overall, I felt like once Patrick Mahomes left, I felt like this defense was like, no, this is us. Like, they solidified the win. They held off exa- uh, Mayfield in that, that offense like they needed to. They stalled out two of the drives towards towards late into the second there. They they leaned more on the run game in the second half when I thought it had little little value. Like, they had just about a quarter of play, you know, where, where uh, Patrick Mahomes is out, where they had yeah, a total of four possessions that they had an opportunity of scoring on. And at the time, it was only 22 to 10. So, I mean, they were within two scores. They just didn't capitalize like they needed to. I felt like when Baker Mayfield made passes, he did a really good job at it. Like, I felt like when they were leaning on the run game, the passes that he needed to make were spot on and efficient and utilized really well. But there was just, like, really difficult possessions to watch where they had a total of four, three, like three or four first downs in total, but it was off of a fourth down play that needed to be played. It felt like they were trying to play for inches instead of trying to play to win. I don't know. This was a really hard game to watch for the Browns. I obviously picked them to win this game. I felt like they had a good opportunity, and watching them actually have the opportunity when it was already a long shot, it's kind of frustrating as, you know, the Browns are my second favorite team to watch. So, I mean, maybe next year we'll see what happens, but I don't know. The Chiefs, obviously, Chad Addy came in and balled out like he was supposed to do, uh, and obviously he just kind of helped support that defense to do what he needed to do. Yeah, I mean – there were some really good throws that Baker did make in this game. The one to Austin Hooper down near the goal line, the one down the sideline to Donovan Peoples-Jones. But, you know, then there's the interception. There was the other one that got bobbled, and Tyron Matthew probably should have picked off off the bobble and took back for a touchdown, yeah. but dropped it. You can talk all you want about that Richard Higgins fumbling, going out of bounds at the goal line, whether or not that should have been a penalty for a helmet-to-helmet or for leading with the helmet, because it really wasn't helmet-to-helmet, but... Uh, I think the guy was just driving for diving for the ball, trying to make a play, so I think that's why they didn't call it. But, you know, a lot of people have said that that probably should have been a penalty. Yeah. I don't think it really came down to that. Like, yeah, obviously that's a focal point. 
to go on with what you were saying, Njoku even had a pretty decent game. He had a few decent passes, uh, but Baker Mayfield as well. But I agree with you. Like, it shouldn't come down to just that one play being the reason he lost. Like, there was definitely two possessions in the fourth quarter that were just wasted. Just by either leaning too much on the run or just not being efficient in the pass game. Like, they stalled out two times when it was a necessity when they had the momentum. And then, obviously, if your defense is tired, like Patrick Mahomes tends to do to defenses, going into that second half, especially deep in, like, they're already playing on their heels, and now you're not giving them enough time because you're stalling on offense. So I feel like there was a lot of things that uh, the Browns left on the field that they should have been able to succeed at. I don't think it comes down to that one, regardless whether you want to call it helmet to helmet or not. I don't think it comes down to just that play. Yeah, and I think, honestly, the Browns, they kind of came out. Like, they tried to get too cute on offense. You know, you're trying to do a wide receiver end around and Jarvis Landry and a couple other plays like that in the beginning. It's just like, just go with your bread and butter. Try to get a couple first downs to start the game off with. Correct. It was good to see them kind of rested. I think the defense played like they were rested. I think resting for the two weeks notoriously has, you know, been statistically on the, the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to wins. But I was actually rather impressed with how the Chiefs looked. They felt like they were rested. So I feel like they're definitely a team, obviously, in the next two weeks that can win both of these next games. So, I don't know. They're, they're rested and they're ready to go. I hope Mahomes is uh, obviously going to be okay from this concussion and ready to go next week as well. And now we got the game of the week. Hands down, I agree with you 100%. (laughs) Tampa Bay ended up winning 30-20 to over the New Orleans Saints. This game was actually a lot closer than it looks. Tom Brady was playoff Tom Brady in this game. You know, his numbers might not show it. They, you know, not the greatest completion percentage. They, They went on a couple deep shots that didn't quite connect. You know, him and Gronk, they had a couple plays that probably... They should have been caught, but they were very difficult plays to make as well. Both There's two that would have ended up being touchdowns, but, you know, he played very well in this game. Didn't make any mistakes. Their defense played great. You know, they had four turnovers, three interceptions, a fumble. You know, one of the interceptions was not Drew Brees' fault. You know, it got tipped up, and they took advantage of that for sure. They shut down Michael Thomas, you know. Mr. Michael Thomas, I'm the best wide receiver in the NFL. No, you're not. Like, you don't get shut out like this in the playoffs if you're the best wide receiver in the NFL. You couldn't separate at all. You weren't even the best wide receiver on your team today. You weren't even the second best wide receiver on your team today. I did enjoy that trick play that the Saints ran with Jameis Winston, though. It, and, you know, they they stole that play from the Bears tried to play it against them. That's when uh, Javon Reeves famously let the ball go right through his hands. But, obviously, Traquan Smith is a little bit better at catching the ball, and he got a touchdown out of it. It was a pretty nice throw by Jameis, but, you know, the guy's wide open, so all you got to do is not miss him in that case. I thought it was really interesting, like, listening to the announcers when he was coming in. They're like, Jameis is coming in? Like, they acknowledged it. That should have been a red flag right there for that defense. It was a good pass. Yeah, well, it's like, okay, well, he's going to come in and throw, like, a deep throw, like, lining up at quarterback. And then Alan Kamara lined up at quarterback, then they flip it to the receiver, then they flip it to him, and they're like, oh. This is what's happening. Yeah. But it's that same play the Bears just ran last week against them. So, obviously, they liked it enough to try it. Yep. It's kind of interesting watching him throw it with the team, too. Like like you said, it was a wide-open throw, but with potential air to the throne with Breeze, you know. Like, it was interesting. Sadly, this is going to be Drew Breeze's last game. He's mm-hmm. going to retire. The Saints' defense, they were all right. They weren't the great. They weren't as good as they normally are. They allowed a little bit more against the run. Ronald Jones, you know, he had two or three big runs that got called back by holding. Some of them were questionable holding calls, too. So, 
Definitely interesting to see how that Saints team is going to move forward next year, though. But, I mean, Tampa Bay, they're looking pretty scary. Yeah, I'm not worried about them. <laughs> Obviously, hats off to the Bucks. Like, you should win a game, period, when you get this many turnovers in a game. But this was just a classic chess match between Breeze and Tom Brady like it always has been. I, I'm going to genuinely miss watching Drew, Drew Brees play, uh, play quarterback in the NFL. Obviously, wish him the best moving into announcing next season, but... Give Tom Brady credit. I mean, when they get those turnovers, they capitalized on all of them. That, that Honestly, if they didn't have the turnovers, those points potentially could have not been on the board. Obviously, they a lot of the 30 points, almost half of them were actually off of turnovers. So they capitalized when they needed to. They won a game, which is obviously the end result. It's why they brought him into Tampa Bay. So another notch on the belt for the man. Going to the NFC Championship in his first year in the NFC, that's pretty impressive. So, But to me, obviously, the, the Saints just lost this game. You can't have only 10, 10 possessions and have that many turnovers. Obviously, uh, Jared Cook as well with the fumble, that obviously didn't help. They didn't have, uh, excuse me, Latavius Murray or Taysom Hill, which is obviously a big part of how they scheme their offense. But Kamara was still efficient for the most part. He had 18 touches for 85 yards, only caught three passes out of the backfield, though, for six, uh, I'm sorry, out of the six attempts that were thrown his way. Granted, two of them were like Drew Brees essentially under fire tossing it up to him. But he still got 48 yards, but... This was just a rough game for Drew Brees, and I think it was right before the game, he had made a statement about playing against Tom Brady for the last time, and he had said, uh, hats off to him, I wish him the best next year. Uh, obviously, I'm 18 years older than him, uh, 18 months older than him, excuse me. So, obviously, I felt better 18 months ago as well, so I wish him luck in his next season. But I thought, I thought that was a real classy move on his end. Honestly, it was just good to see these, these two classic quarterbacks. You and I are, have had several conversations about the bridge of the NFL this year and how we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, quarterbacks that we grew up with, obviously, transitioning to a new era of football. So it was good to kind of see this last match go out at last night. Yes, sir. And did you say Breeze was 18 months older? Yeah, that's what he's. That, that's what the statement said yesterday. He's 18 uh, months older than Tom Brady. Tom Brady's 18 months older. That's what it is. My bad. Yeah. There's 18 months that separate them. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So Breeze is like saying hats off, he's older than me, and he's still going to play another year, essentially. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Like, he was super classy about it. I think, like, he knew. And they, they kind of kept fanning the camera over to his direction in the fourth quarter. Like, and obviously he was disappointed in the result of the game, but you could just kind of see, like, you could see that he was kind of zoning out a couple times. You know what I mean? Like, he was just thinking about things. Like, like whether it was his career, I felt like he just – Towards the end of the game, when the game was finally done, like after that last interception that obviously wasn't his fault, he was just like sitting there just kind of thinking, more or less. Like he wasn't even looking at, like, you know, the Chromecast like he's notoriously done and every NFL quarterback does. He was just like soaking in the moment and just, I, I assume, thinking about his career. So it was kind of, I don't want to say a melancholy type of moment. It was just, it was good. It's kind of good just to get to see how some people get emotionally attached to this game. Do you see uh, on the sidelines where he's taught, he like, He's like crying and he's like talking to Jameis Winston and supposedly they said that he said to Jameis, this is your team now. That's awesome. Like, I know one of the best things from like the, the movie Moneyball is how can you not be romantic about baseball? I kind of feel the exact same thing about football in a way. I think any major sport can kind of be that way for a fan base. But that's those are those types of moments that you just get prideful for. Like, not, not to obviously make the correlation, but Brett Favre didn't do that to Aaron Rodgers. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's very classy of Drew Brees to just like, okay, my ship has sailed. Here's the keys, you know? There you go. 
Pretty much. And yeah. I think that uh, obviously you and I are going to address this in the off season coming up in our future podcast, but I think Jameis Winston has kind of been a hidden gem. Like I felt like if he could clean up his game, his accuracy in Tampa Bay, he could have potentially been the name down there and they wouldn't have had to bring in Tom Brady. Obviously they probably would have considered making a run, but the reason that he was not wanting to be in that building anymore is because of his inconsistency and accuracy issues. If, if he did fix that and Sean Payton is, you know, genuinely wanting to, extend now that obviously he's he's ridden the wheels out on Taysom Hill I think he could definitely have a team to support that his game style obviously they're gonna have to bring him back on a cheap deal because they don't have any money definitely deep into this conversation in the future for sure there's a lot of debate whether it be him whether it be Taysom Hill or it be something else but you know there's reports out there that say they like Jameis Winston a lot there's reports out there that say they like Taysom Hill a lot so we'll just have to see what ends up happening. But, you know, if Jameis's eyesight is better, maybe he won't throw so many picks anymore. Maybe. No, he didn't. That's the reason why I'm saying what I'm saying is just solely because, like, we saw several games of Taysom Hill. We know what he can be efficient and inefficient at at quarterback. And if you look at just Jameis Winston, Winston's plays alone that he's played this year, he only played uh, after Breeze essentially had that massive injury that put him on injury reserve for a few weeks. He played efficient in the end of that game. Like, he really was. Like, his numbers were really decent. He was very efficient with the ball. He was extremely accurate for what he has notoriously been. That's why you and I both were kind of surprised when they went with Taysom Hill. I mean, I was excited about it, but at the same time, I was like, Jameis played actually really well. Why are they going with Taysom? You know, Sean Payton, he's a, he's a genius when it comes to this stuff, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's just been holding him out and just working with him still to make sure he doesn't, you know, essentially get thrown to the wolves and he can be the heir to the throne there. Yep. We'll see if that LASIK surgery paid off, though. Let's hope so. But that's pretty much it for that game. It was kind of a cool scene afterwards. I don't know if you saw the video, but Tom Brady, Drew Brees' kids came out on the field afterwards, and he threw him a touchdown pass. I love it. <laughs> this is why we love football, man, is for moments like that. That's showing respect. Uh, obviously, both of them playing as long as they've had. Uh, have been in the in this game like it's just good to see that appreciation for not only one the game but obviously just the value of family and obviously notoriously Drew Brees has been known for being a family guy so it was really nice seeing that yeah and I mean you know you got two guys that have done this a long time there's not much bad you can say about either one of them they're both very competitive too they both obviously they have pretty much all the statistical records now just because they played for forever but yep it's definitely going to be interesting yeah. in a couple of years when all these old guys retire. There's a few left in the game, like Phillip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Big Ben. You know, but, I mean, these are quarterbacks that we grew up with, like, watching. Like, this is the generation of quarterbacks that are considered, you know, when our, our parents, you know, when they're talking about the Namus and the Bradshaws and, you know, Phil Sims, like, those types of quarterbacks that just were really decent or efficient when they were adults and they got them into the game. This is that generation we're going to be telling our kids about. Woo-hoo. Hey, well, I, it's a good it's a good pool. I mean, you have like Peyton Manning, like even the end areas of Brett Favre. Like, there's some names there: Breeze, like Brady. Like, come on, <laughs> like yeah. we have some good quarterbacks in our generation. All right, so talk about game of the week real quick, and then we'll get out of here. All right, for me, it was going to be that Browns and Chiefs game. Obviously, they were they were the upset pick for me in the week going in. It was kind of nice, like I said. I obviously never wish an injury upon any player whatsoever, but the momentum obviously shifted the Browns' favor once Patrick Mahomes left the game, which just shows the value of him. But I felt like it was really fun watching that fourth quarter, watching Chad Henney just essentially be efficient, that defense supporting the fact that Mahomes wasn't on the other side of the ball. And 
in Cleveland doing everything they could in their power. I mean, I think they went for like three fourth downs just in the fourth quarter, just trying to extend, extend drives. So it was kind of fun, mostly just because of that uh, fourth quarter for me. Um, what game did you have? I had Tampa Bay and New Orleans, you know, just them two older quarterbacks, you know, the great quarterbacks that they are. And just going back and forth in that game, obviously didn't work out quite as much in the Saints' favor, but definitely a good game overall. Definitely. And it kept you on the edge of your seat. Obviously, both both teams had some inefficiency issues. I mean, like Brady had the one fumble when he got hit. Obviously, he recovered it himself, but there was just opportunities on either, on either side of the ball for both sides of the defense. So I agree with you. It was a, definitely a fun game to watch. Yeah, definitely a great weekend. We'll be back recording on Thursday. Should be out on Friday morning where we go over the previews for, obviously, the AFC and NFC championships. But once again, thank you guys for joining us. This was the Two Point Podcast with Nate and Craig, and we really hope you enjoyed this one, and we'll catch you next time. Stay safe out there, guys, Uh, obviously, especially this week. We appreciate all of you, and we look forward to seeing you next week.